Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. reading from the book of Daniel. The Lord spoke to Daniel in a vision and said, At that time, Michael, the great prince, the protector of your people, shall arise. There shall be a time of anguish, such as has never occurred since nations first came into existence. But at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. The word of the Lord. 
I take refuge in you. I have said to the Lord, you are my Lord, my good above all other. All my delight is upon the godly that are in the land. Upon those who are noble among the people. But those who run after other gods shall have their troubles multiplied. Their libations of blood I will not offer. Nor take the names of their gods upon my lips. O oh Lord, you are my portion and my cup. It is you who uphold my lot. My boundaries enclose a pleasant land. Indeed, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. My heart teaches me night after night. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not fall. My heart, therefore, is glad and my spirit rejoices. My body also shall rest in hope. For you will not abandon me in the grave, nor let your holy ones see the pit. You will show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and in your right hand are pleasures from the epistle to the Hebrews. Every priest stands day after day at his service, offering again and again the same sacrifices that can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, and since then has been waiting until his enemies would be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The word of the Lord.
according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be, and what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher. What large stones and what large buildings. Now, that was a perfectly natural and understandable comment. As enlarged and refurbished by Herod the Great, the Jerusalem temple was an architectural wonder, a structure of jaw-dropping beauty and immense size. Herod intended it to impress both his Jewish subjects and foreign visitors with his power and his wealth. Take, for example, some of the temple's dimensions. A colossal platform, 30 feet high, 
the area of 22 football fields built of enormous limestone blocks weighing many thousands of pounds each. It's still there today. That platform, the most prominent feature of the old city of Jerusalem. And atop this platform, there was a huge courtyard surrounded by a double colonnade of marble pillars, 40 feet high, and towering up in the center of the courtyard, the sanctuary itself, built of white stone, with a facade and a roof adorned with pure gold. No wonder folks like the disciples were awestruck. But Jesus is not. Do you see these great buildings? Jesus asks. Not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. And indeed, that is exactly what happened to Herod's temple some 40 years later. In 70 AD, the Romans set fire to the temple. Limestone burns. They looted its gold, pulled down as many of its huge stones as they could, and left the temple a desolate ruin. Now, why was Jesus not impressed with the temple's magnificence? The reason is not that Jesus knew the temple was soon to be destroyed. The reason has to do with Jesus' values. The different way he had of seeing things. In the Gospel passage that we heard last week, Jesus saw rich people throwing large sums into the temple treasury. And over there he saw a poor widow putting in two small coins. And Jesus observed that the poor widow's gift was more worth more than the gifts of the rich because she gave all that she had. Likewise, when Jesus looks at the large stones and buildings of the temple, he doesn't see magnificence. He sees moral failure, the discrepancy between the temple's grandiosity and the low quality of the worship taking place within its walls. A few days earlier, Jesus had already made dramatically clear his criticism of the religious establishment in charge of the temple. Jesus had charged into that vast colonnaded courtyard and driven out 
the money changers, involved with the collection of the temple tax, and overturned the booths of those selling sacrificial doves. And he had condemned the scribes and the chief priests in the harshest of terms. God's house shall be a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. What good is the temple's magnificence if it is not fulfilling God's purpose? Last Sunday, about 80 of St. John's neighbors came to this church at the end of a West Hartford house tour sponsored by the Noah Webster West Hartford Historical Society. Our guests were much taken with the beauty of our buildings. As they sat in these pews, listening to a talk about the history of St. John's and the architecture of our worship space, they were impressed by the noble proportions of our worship space and such things as the fine quality of the wood and stone carvings and the size and the number of the organ pipes. It was gratifying to hear the visitors' appreciative comments. But our visitors were also curious about how we worship in this space, about what we believe, and about whether we have such things as a, a youth program. If we take to heart Jesus' words in today's Gospel, we know that what really matters to God is not the beauty and size of St. John's church buildings, but the quality of what happens in and through these buildings. God, you see, is not as impressed with architecture as we are. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think the church buildings are important. And I think that handsome structures like St. John's are valuable assets that should be appreciated and maintained. But church buildings are not ends in themselves. They are, after all, built to the glory of God. They are symbols of God's presence, God's power, and God's love. And they should inspire God's people to exemplary lives and godly mission. If Christ were to walk through those doors and visit us this morning, Christ wouldn't be looking at our stained glass windows. He wouldn't be looking at our massive organ 
our elegant stonework and wood carving. Christ would be looking at us and measuring the quality of our life together, the strength of our love for one another, the generosity of our giving, and the ways in which we are carrying out God's mission of justice, peace, and reconciliation in this neighborhood and in this needy world. This morning's gospel also points to what God considers important in our national life. What makes this nation great? Is it the extent of our territory reaching from sea to shining sea? Is it the size of our population? Is it the number of our troops, our warships, our planes? Is greatness the size of our economy, the strength of the Dow, and the S&P 500? The success of our athletes? The answer of Jesus and the answer of the Bible to these questions is a resounding no. God has a different standard of greatness than the one to which we human beings are typically drawn. God looks for greatness in the quality of a nation's life together, how we care for one another. The reason for Jesus' condemnation of the temple authorities was more than a religious criticism. It was a moral and a social one. The injustice done to temple worshipers in the form of those exorbitant fees for the payment of the temple tax and the purchase of sacrificial animals was a symptom of the injustice in the nation as a whole. A wealthy elite warding it over the poor unconcerned, uncompassionate for those who were struggling just to get by. If Jesus were to look at our life together in the United States today, what might he say? Surely he would have something critical to say about the rancorous division that has found its way into our national life. The incivility of our public discourse. What would Jesus say about the growing disparity between rich and poor? The plight of children and youth growing up in poverty and hopelessness. The high rate of divorce and drug use. Jesus, you see, would look at us with God's values, God's values of 
justice and compassion, of seeing every human being as important and beloved. And Jesus would see much in America that needs changing. Finally, this morning's Gospel also serves as a guide to us for taking stock of our personal life. God is not impressed with the size of our bank account or our stock portfolio, the number of our academic degrees, or the title on the door where we work. God cares about quality, not quantity. God looks at our hearts to see who and what we put first. Who is at the center of our lives, of our personal universe? Is it God and our neighbor? Or is it just us? How easy it is to become rich in things and poor in soul. By God's standard, there are paupers who are kings, and there are kings who are paupers. There are tycoons who are failures, and failures who are heroes. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear.
protect us, O God, for we take refuge in you. Rule our hearts so we may be faithful to you in all that we do and say. Hear our prayers and still our souls to hear your answer. We pray for the nations of the world, for our country, our state, our towns, and all who are newly elected to political office, that we may work together to bring liberty and justice for all. For yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. We pray for the church and for the people of faith everywhere, that we may embody your truth and love, guard and guide our vestry and committee heads, our teachers, and our clergy. For yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. We pray for all those in any kind of need, especially those on our parish prayer list, Gracie, Pauline, <clears throat> Jim, Kim, Carol, Janet, Susan, Cheryl, Andrew, Susan, Meg, Erica, Edward, Michael, Amber, Albert, Luther, Manuel, those who mourn, those facing surgery, those without jobs, those affected by the wildfires in California, and those who are sad and lonely. Renew their strength and bring them fresh hope. For yours, O Lord, power. We give thanks for all who have made a commitment to support the life and ministry of St. John's and for all who have built this parish throughout its years. For yours, O Lord, is the power. We give thanks for families and friends who are gathering together for Thanksgiving this week. Keep them safe as they travel, and give us all grateful hearts. For yours, O Lord, is the glory. We pray for those who mourn that they may find comfort in your promises, and for those who have died, that they may have a place in your everlasting kingdom. For yours, O Lord, is the glory. We pray also for ourselves, acknowledging our failure to live up to the faith that is in us, and asking your forgiveness and grace that we may live more nearly as we pray. For yours, O Lord, is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy upon you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in everlasting life. Amen. of the Lord be always with you. And also
morning and welcome to you all. Uh, it's good to have you here. We were to have our uh, the student we a student we sponsor at Grace Academy, Vila Washington Crowther. Uh, we were to have her with us this morning so you could greet her and we could get to know her and she couldn't come. But the reason she couldn't come is because our student uh, had, had won a role at the Christmas, in the Christmas Carol at Hartford Stage and there was a mandatory rehearsal this morning. Uh, so she will be with us next week uh, and uh, we can greet her at that time. Also happening this week on Thursday is Thanksgiving. And I have just had a multi-year uh, confusion about why this church isn't bursting at the seams on Thanksgiving. You know, Christmas and Easter come with complicated theology about resurrection and incarnation. But Thanksgiving is just a time to come and give thanks for the amazingly wonderful, rich, deep blessings that we all have in this world, in, in this place. Uh, so I invite you to really consider coming at 10 a.m. on Thursday. You can bake the turkey when you get home. Somebody else can pick up Uncle George, who's gonna be grumpy anyway. So come uh, with the community and say thank you to the God who provides all these blessings. If it snows again, do not despair, because that will give you a day to go into your attic and basement, your bookshelves and your dressers, and collect things for St. John's Christmas Fair uh, happening on December 1st. We already have started to see boxes come into the, the closet uh, where they, they sit for a while before getting sorted and arranged. Uh, books, jewelry, um, appliances, attic treasures, great artwork, um, all that stuff that you mean to get here and you just never can find the time to do it. Please bring this week uh, so that we can prepare for the fair. And now let us with great and deep gladness present the offerings and oblations of our life and of our labors to the Lord.
God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, for you are the source of light and life. You made us in your image and called us to new life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Jesus Christ, by him 
and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.
love and serve the Lord. Alleluia. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia.